if you carefully observe the people of this world and their varying issues and problems, you start to see the world as a melodrama. And the question to really ask yourself is, if the world is a melodrama, what am I adding to that melodrama? Now, the answer itself can you know, come in a variety of forms, right? Like there's an infinite number of answers we can kind of give to that. However, boiled down, you can categorize all those answers into one, your suffering, which is why the goal of any spiritual journey or specifically enlightenment is to rid yourself of that suffering. And I think that's a very tangible and simple idea of what enlightenment is, to not add your suffering to the world, okay? And, you know, the, the, the way really that I have come to understand it to eliminate yourself of, of any suffering is to return to a natural state that you were born with. This wonderful book called A Course in Miracles highlights that your salvation lies in your innocence. Not ignorance, but innocence as in free of our suffering, okay? And that's a wonderful notion to me. Now, how is this melodrama evidenced in the world? Well, we all ooze suffering. Just look around you. Everyone, you know, uh, we, 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 we suffer so much and... The biggest aspect of it is these are all made man-made uh, issues, right? Uh, like finances and daylight savings time and, you know, uh, time schedules and deadlines and this. Like it's all arbitrary crap that we've created and we just suffer so much because of it. It's wild. And even with the best of intentions for people who still want to help, there's this inherent suffering that, that sort of can radiate. So take, for example, you know, um, someone that is working with children. How effective can they be if they haven't worked through their biases and their triggers? They're inevitably going to pass that on to the child, whether they know it or not, Right? When we talk about grooming, if you are oozing your own suffering, if I am oozing my own suffering into the world, then, you know, in a sense, that's, that's, a, that's a form of grooming, you could argue. You know, recently, I saw Sofia Coppola's Priscilla, and it was a fascinating look at Elvis through a different lens. You know, uh, we've gotten the one where he's a genius and he's a tragic character, and here, you got glimpses of him where you saw that side of it and you saw him suffering. But because of that, it affected others horribly. Specifically in this instance, his wife, Priscilla. Right? And she could see the good moments within him and she could see the goodness within him trying to fight through. But because of the pain and suffering, there was a monstrous side to him. 
at least as depicted in this movie, right? That is how suffering can manifest in the worst of ways, right? It's, 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 it's no different than that idea. Like, we, we use people that, like, the ones we love the most suffer most from our own sort of demons, right? It's that, that same notion. And that, you know, we, we just use our friends and our family as uh, trash cans to dump all of our baggage onto. How's that helping the world, right? You know, the, uh, speaking of no, another uh, piece of work, artistic work, um, there's a wonderful quote from Avatar, The Last Airbender, and it's spoken by a sea turtle that is impacting wisdom onto the main character. And the quote goes, the true mind can weather all lies and illusions without being lost. The true heart can touch the poison of hatred without being harmed. Since beginning less time, since beginning less time, darkness thrives in the void, but always yields to purifying light. And then later on, uh, it said, in the era before the avatar, we bent not the elements, but the energy within ourselves. To bend another's energy, your own spirit must be unbendable, or you will be corrupted and destroyed. And I think a lot about that quote because oftentimes I'm affected and destroyed by others. And I know that I'm also responsible for that, right? By letting it affect me and more so that, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, sort of do as I say sort of thing, like very much. I also exude suffering into the world, right? And so, you know, when we, when we really think about that is how to sort of, you know, when, when, when we're affected by these things, it's because they trigger within us something. They trigger a reaction. And so the real goal of it is to understand, well, why is it triggering to me? What have I left um, within me and it, that is unhealed that is causing that, right? We have to examine that. That is the healing process, whether with therapy or your own you know, spiritual journey, what it, what it, what it, whatever it may be, but that is the ultimate goal is to heal those aspects of you so you no longer exude that suffering out into the world. You know, interestingly, uh, on a recent episode of Pulling the Thread with Elise Lunan, guest Jade Luna spoke about uh, facing his own darkness. He talked about, this is, I'll read a quote, if your altar is just reflecting white light, well, expect to experience the dark in the world. So if you deal with your darkness in your spiritual life, well, then you get light in the world. Since I've been an Agora, which is a type of worshiper of Kali, my altar is so dark in my house that I live in right now that I don't even show it online. People would stop calling me. I mean, uh, and there's a reason though, but it's a very conscious reason. I am dealing with my darkness in my spiritual life, so I don't have to have so much reflected here in the world. And that's a lot to think about, right? I mean, uh, 
you know, I think it's certainly when we think of an altar or a shrine, we think of this very magical, sacred space. And that still applies to what he's talking about, except we would like it to think, you know, rainbows and butterflies sort of an aspect of it versus, you know, really confronting our own darkness. And his point being that if he can, he, if he can consciously, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, focus on the darkness of himself and the world, then he won't have to exude it in the world because he's consciously, like he's facing it, right? Um, he's not avoiding it. He's confronting it and he's confronting it within self. So that way it doesn't inadvertently to the best of his abilities, seep out into the world as he walks about day to day. That is the true path of enlightenment. That is the true goal of enlightenment. And I know that's a lot to think about. That's, that's pretty heavy stuff. And so a question that I often revisit is, what is the division that is holding me back from my natural state? So think about that, you know. Um, part of how we exude suffering is we categorically see ourselves as different from each other. Um, you know, we even separate ourselves from nature and this and that, like we, we, we start to otherize and we're, we've gotten infinitely creative at creating these divisions. So what are the divisions that are holding back, holding me and us back from our natural state? That has been a very powerful question for me to deep dive. And, you know, move forward with in, in, in this path, right? And the reason that this is important, because we often look to others to, to blame or solve the world's problems. And instead, if we're going to really solve anything, we have to look inward. It is an inward journey. We are 100% responsible for 100% of the relationships in our life. It's true. It really is. So if you want to heal the world, we have to heal ourselves. That's the only path. You know, we can't abdicate that responsibility to somebody else of like the government, the this, the that, the blah, 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 blah. No. Start with yourself, right? And when we do, let's see how much the world can actually change for the better.